If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply feel discouraged or even defeated, and if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then the Zen Success Show is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa Sims. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Douglas Mohal. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Could we be more successful while improving our health and living much longer by reversing the effects of hidden stress? On my last interview with Douglas, we talked about hidden stress. If you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend it because this episode ties in with it. It's called The Zen of Longevity with Douglas Mohal. So when Douglas talks about stress, it isn't the normal stress that we hear about. It comes from the water we drink, the air we breathe, the food we eat, and the consumer products and vehicles that we use. And Douglas has written a best-selling book on this called Discovering the Nature of Longevity, Restoring the Heart and Body by Targeting Hidden Stress. And I actually bought a book for my mom. Oh, great. That's (laughs) right. The Gift of Longevity. The Gift of Longevity. Yes. And so I hope she takes it to heart. Yeah. And in the new year, when people are probably listening to this, uh, that's even better. Yes. Anytime that you can give this book as a gift anytime. Yes. That you care about someone living longer. (laughs) Yeah. Douglas spent decades teaching experts how to create healthy products and buildings that protect people from the stress and the award-winning certification from the Institute he works with is recognized by the U S EPA. He also co-founded Alastrin Therapeutics, a biotech company that restores the damage from the stress in a new and imaginative way. He's also a researcher at two universities and an internationally accredited expert on the topic. He's been in many, many media interviews. So, so happy to have you back, Douglas. Well, thank you so much for having me back. I think that uh, it's really nice to be able to segue, you know, from the beginning of this story into uh, some of the stuff that I think will get people really excited. Because once again, I think there's a lot of stuff that they're going to hear today that they've never heard before. That's that's incredible. And just to give a quick recap, maybe you could just give a quick definition of your idea of the hidden stress before we get into some of the solutions. Sure. This type of hidden stress is actually something that has been limiting how long and well we live for thousands of generations. It's not new, but it has been flying below the radar because it hasn't been detected. And there are two main components of it, Teresa. Uh, The first one is something called toxic metals, but not the kind of toxic metal poisoning that you hear people talk about, lead poisoning and stuff like that. This is very low levels, barely detectable levels of metals. And the reason that these metals are such a big problem, according to the American Heart Association, Mm -hmm. is that they are a major trigger 
for heart disease because they cause oxidative stress and chronic inflammation that leads to high blood pressure and all the other things that we know about uh, with heart disease. So that's an example of how this, that's why it's hidden stress because actually many of the standard tests that are done today don't don't show this. They don't show, yeah. for example, and we talk about this in the previous episode too. So I don't want right. to cut you off, but you know no. you can listen and learn more on the previous episode. But we want to get into the solution, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but we have one more right that you wanted to talk about: hidden stress. Yeah. Well, the second one is low-grade infections, and some of them are pretty common infections: the stuff that gives you bad breath, gingivitis, and stuff like that. But these actually provoke low-grade inflammation. And again, most standard tests aren't designed to look for them, as people will know when they listen to uh, the, the previous episode. So these two forms of hidden stress uh, build up inside us to, to create something called total stress load. And it's that total stress load that most standard healthcare providers aren't looking for, but are having enormous impacts, not only on our longevity, but also on how well we live. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. And it's so amazing that you wrote a book to help people recognize this so that we can all heal. Uh, so it's really incredible. Now let's talk about some solutions. Are there some therapies that get rid of these metals or that can reverse the damage? Absolutely. And you know, the funny thing is they're actually quite commonly available across mm. the, the United States. They're, they're not available like, you know, uh, at your next door pharmacy, mm -hmm. uh, but- uh, And what about Canada? Are... Canada too? Yes, Canada as oh. well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question about it. So there's two parts to this. Um, one is uh, a therapy that is an intravenous therapy that basically flushes these metals out of you. And the other is a therapy that does a similar thing but it's an oral therapy, so you can take it at home. You don't have to go to the doctor's office, you know, for example, to uh, have these needles in your arms once a week for a couple of hours. And a lot of people, you know, don't like that. So you can actually take either uh, the pill form or the intravenous form, uh, whichever is most uh, suitable. And there is a very particular method to it. So you can't just go and get any old thing. That's what I talk about in the book. That's what we talked about on the previous show. So I won't delve uh, too deeply in that. Right. The most important thing to say is that people aren't being told about it. And mm -hmm. the reason that people aren't being told about it is because standard healthcare providers, again, according to the American Heart Association, are not trained in how to look for these hidden stresses, period. Mm -hmm. They're simply not. And so, yeah, so then they wouldn't recommend a solution because they don't even know it's there. That makes yeah, sense. Exactly. You, you know, mm -hmm. you don't find what you're not looking for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the problem. That's indeed uh, the problem. Mm -hmm. So again, without repeating too much from the previous episode, yes. And there are other things that people can do uh, that we talked about, for example, with some of the foods that they eat that help your body get rid of these metals and also how to prevent it. Uh, by putting the right types of filters uh, in your home. So all of that we talked about previously, but the main message is, yes, we can. You can do something about it, no question. And what is the IV specifically? Because I know they have like mobile IV clinics and a lot of now natural healthcare providers are providing IV solutions 
are is that available in these places? Yeah, well, um, you know, and a lot of people who have diabetes are quite familiar with this, of course. Uh, but basically, these um, infusions are mm -hmm. normally available from naturopathic doctors and what is known as integrative cardiologists. And these are oh. cardiologists that look at the whole body. I love so that. Yeah, and they are absolutely, which is very zen. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, of course, that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, so, almost any integrative cardiologist will know about these infusions. They're known as uh, as chelation therapy, but chelation therapy, as we said in the previous episode, is a very big word, and you got to be careful because there's a specific kind with a specific protocol that's approved by a national organization, and you have to know how to do it. So. Uh, that's uh, the infusion. It's it basically, they put an, uh, an intravenous needle in your arm and it circulates uh, this solution uh, through your, your arteries and veins and it washes out uh, the, uh, the metals. Actually, you pee them out is what happens. I see. And, um, and they can measure that. And this has been tested, by the way, uh, in a 10-year clinical trial sponsored by the National Institutes of Health and also in other... Uh, clinical studies on patients with peripheral artery disease. So uh, it's not like this stuff hasn't been tested. It's It's been shown to be safe, as with everything else, if it is administered properly. So there you go. So it's a chelation, uh, but it needs to be something specific. So what do people need to say? I'm looking to flush out metal toxins and then the IV um practitioner or infusion facility would know which protocol to use absolutely and okay i mean honestly the easiest thing to do is like get the book uh but you can <laughs> <Yeah>. also <laughs> you know it's just like so if you want to really Why? know don't question it just buy the book so make sure you can bring it and read well, it you can question it you can question it i encourage people to question it uh, you okay. know uh, uh skeptically for sure. Oh, okay. Uh, you should okay. always question it, just like you should always get a second opinion if you're something you're uncomfortable with that your your healthcare provider is providing. So yes. Yes. Uh, question. Question. So spoken um, like a true researcher. Yeah. Well, you know, there you go. <laughs> so, anyways, yes. Um, the uh, the thing that you ask for is um, uh, intravenous chelation, um, and they they will know what that is. Uh, according to what's known as the ACAM protocol. ACAM is an acronym for the National Association that actually developed uh, this protocol for uh, chelation therapy. And be forewarned that a lot of traditional physicians will say, this is nonsense, it hasn't been tested, and by the way, it's dangerous. And that's because they're not up on the science, uh, unfortunately. Right. And they, they, they haven't been trained that way. Um, they have been trained to you know, deliver... Uh, other types of drugs and prescribe other types of of surgery, for example, but they're they're mostly not trained in testing for this or administering uh, the therapy. But again, I want to emphasize it doesn't mean it's not available. You just have to know where to look, mm -hmm. and so it's it's not really that complicated. 
And and uh, this type of protocol is not something you need a prescription for, correct? You just pay out of pocket for this. Well, uh, or how it does depends that work? On the, it depends on the state that you're in. Oh, uh, I see. So you know you have to be careful about that because some states require that you have some sort of medical professional give prescribe uh, uh, chelation uh, IV chelation therapy, but others don't. And by the way, most importantly. Uh, the oral chelation, uh, which is, um, there are a couple of them out there, but the one that I've used is called Nanobac TX. It's offered by a company called Nanobiotech uh, Pharma, uh, and you can find them really easily by looking for them. And I mm -hmm. always emphasize, I'm not paid to promote the company or their product. Yeah, well, I was saying, maybe you could be. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, no, I like to say a little bit. You don't want to. That side. Okay. You want to stay neutral. Okay. And yeah, not yeah. to encourage you. Okay. Yeah. But I have used the product and it it, it has worked well for me. That's, that's okay. for sure. So you can get it mail order. So that's and, easier because then you don't need the prescription or to. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and that, you know, you've got to stick with it eh? for like, you, you take eight pills a night. Uh, but, you know, with all the pills that people are taking, it's really not that onerous. Yeah. And for how uh, long? you just take it with a glass of apple juice and you're done just before you go to bed, which is a real advantage because it works when your repair metabolism is working at night uh, when yeah. your body is, is fixing itself, which makes a whole lot of sense. You know, I mean, that's really uh, when this should be occurring. That's one of the difficulties with chelation. It happens mostly during the day. And oh. so that's a that's a fundamental difference between these two methodologies and the nanobiotech pharma guys say that's why theirs is superior. Um, I've never seen a side by side uh, between them. They say they've done some private studies on it, but I don't quote private studies, but mm -hmm. they have had clinical studies that have been published that show uh, that the therapy is effective uh, against uh, certain conditions. So, yes, uh, the evidence is there. Hmm. Do they do much marketing? I haven't heard of this medicine before. You know something they don't. I That's know. what's really interesting. <laughs> because In I fact, was like, no, they don't. They and and uh, all they, these they, companies are are just pushing, pushing all of these products. Yeah, and then and these guys don't. They, they they work with doctors' offices. Okay. And they have their website. Okay. Uh, but they they actually don't pay to advertise. It's rather remarkable. Otherwise, I think you know, a whole lot more people would know about them. Yeah. So, and you know, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book was to describe these types of things that are sort of flying below the radar mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that people need to be aware about. And I always emphasize in collaboration with your physician, because I am not a physician. My expertise right. is uh, toxics and keeping these toxic materials out of products. Um but actually, most doctors aren't trained to do that, which is why I know a lot about it that many healthcare providers don't. Right. But having said that, you need to check with your doctor um, and then go from there. Yeah, interesting. I wanted to go back to um, IV and uh, what do you think about, do, or do you know some of the benefits of ozone um, and intravenous ozone, um, and are they similar to chelation? Not a thing. Not I a thing. I know when to know <laughs> that I don't know. 
And uh, yeah. I've heard, of course, of ozone therapy. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a very interesting therapy because uh, there's a lot of interactions going on in the body with that. And a lot of mm -hmm. people say that it's helped them get better. I am not an expert in that area. Okay. And I really wouldn't comment on it or, or try At and compare all. it side by side. No. Yeah, I just brought it up. Uh, and I understand that and I respect that. I brought it up because I have used that type of therapy and it was really great for me as far as helping me heal. Uh, I was diagnosed with cancer and so I wasn't specifically trying to get rid of metal toxins, but um, I also felt really energized from it. So I just thought it was interesting and you know, curious about this other type of IV therapy. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting about what you just said is a lot of these therapies are, they're beginning to do clinical trials on them. So uh, once oh, again, just now, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been happening for the past five years. So anyone who hasn't checked clinicaltrials.gov in the last five years, and m amazingly enough, a lot of healthcare providers haven't because they were trained seven, eight, 10 years ago are mm -hmm. still saying that a lot of these types of therapies have not been tried in clinical trials. And that is just sheer nonsense because they have now, a lot of them have been through uh, clinical trials. And so it's really important when you're looking at these, go to clinicaltrials.gov, look for your therapy and the indication, you know, the condition uh, that, that you're concerned about and see if there are any cl clinical trials on it. It's not like it was five years ago. I just, for example, on supplements and nutraceuticals, there are now hundreds of clinical trials uh, going on, and so which is good, absolutely. So anyone who sort of tells you, nah, you know, there's no clinical trial evidence mm -hmm. on that, well, they better go back to school because <laughs> once again, uh, this is this is fast moving ground now. Yeah. So tell me a little bit of how this chelation works. It, are they taking out your existing blood or are they integrating a solution into your uh, bloodstream? Yeah, they're integrating the solution. Okay. So there's no there's no blood extraction at all. Oh, okay. um, this is just an infusion. And, uh, you know, like I say, it goes on for two or three hours in a clinic in the doctor's office. It's supervised. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's usually done once a week for 20 to 40 weeks. And the really interesting thing is that uh, years and years ago, uh, it was only done for 20 weeks. And um, a lot of the symptoms started to recur. People started to have relapses. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, but this was like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Then the uh, National Institutes of Health sponsored uh, this 10-year clinical trial that I spoke to about earlier. And what they found was that actually... When you, you, when you push it up to 40 weeks worth of infusions, the impacts were persistent. And what that means is they persisted beyond the therapy itself. So people continued to improve after the therapy was stopped. So it seems as though- Wow. And you know, it makes sense, eh? Because we spend, a lot of these people are older. Mm. And so you've spent 40, 50, 60 years getting all this junk in you and of course, it's going to take a while to get it out because it's embedded in your tissue. Mm. And so it's tough. You know, this is this is really very tough stuff, which is one reason it causes so many problems in us. It's lodged in your arteries, uh, in your lungs. 
Uh, so, and in all of your, um, you know, all of your, your, your fat and your tissue, it's all there and getting it out is not easy, which is why a lot of standard healthcare providers sort of don't pay much attention to it because they don't know how to get rid of it. So, yeah. it, you know, it wouldn't be surprising. And it would be the same thing with the oral, mm, you know, basically mm -hmm. six weeks. I, I took it for 18 months. Uh, oh, so, you okay. know, six to 18 months uh, is, uh, you know, that's what it is. And, you know, because you're asking about this and I, I appreciate it, it, there's two components. So one is the key later. And uh, again, just to be quick, because people can listen to the last show, but to chelate is to grab chemically. So it chemically grabs uh, the metals and you then it goes into your bloodstream and you pee them out. So it doesn't come out in the needle. Uh, you know, it, it goes out from your urine. And so the other part of that is supplements and nutraceuticals and vitamins. And as people know, those kind of mix with each other. There's a lo loose definition of where they overlap, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, vitamin C and a lot of other proprietary mixes of nutraceuticals. And those nutraceuticals promote the uh, restoration process uh, mm -hmm. after these metals are uh, extracted. They're a, lar a lot of them are anti-inflammatories. And we know that you know, chronic inflammation is a big uh, issue. So you have this, this, this one-two punch uh, that seems to be uh, effective if you, uh, if you stick it out. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So would you recommend people do one or the other? Nope. Not both. You I could... wouldn't recommend one or the other. Um, okay. I would say this. I would say that um, a lot of people find it inconvenient to go to a doctor's office every week and have a needle stuck in their arm for two or three hours and they don't <laughs> yes. like it. You know? Um, <laughs> That's true. That is yeah, rather yeah. inconvenient. Yeah. 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 And so the oral is a lot more convenient for them. There are some reports of, but I, I want to preface this by saying, you know, all therapies have some side effects in different people. So everyone is different. Um, you know, there are some gastrointestinal effects, you know, some people have uh, extra gas or loose stools or whatever, but as the manufacturers say, yeah, well, it's better than being dead, <laughs> you know? So you always, of course, have to watch for these, uh, these side effects. Some people don't have any other people, you know, just don't like it. So again, you have to confer with your doctor and look at it uh, uh, in individually. But the big advantage of the oral of this Nanobac TX, for example, is exactly uh, what I said. And that is you can, you know, you can take it at, at home and over the long run, it is less expensive as well. There's, there's no question about that. I mean, it's, uh, you're running maybe uh, at least 50% and probably a lot less expensive than the IV uh, chelation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, during this time, do you recommend people eat less foods that might expose them to additional metal toxicity, such as tuna or other, are there other foods? Do they need to keep a specific diet? Yeah, well, uh, actually, and and again, Charis, I want to emphasize, I don't recommend these things to people, but there are things to watch for. Okay. Uh, of course, you don't want to continue to increase the metals load. We can't get away from these metals. You know, they're they're everywhere. They're okay. they're 
they're in our water, they're in our soil, they're in our uh, plants that grow the vegetables that we eat. Uh, they are especially in the animals that we eat because they've uptaken these from the plants and they've bioaccumulated them, et cetera, et cetera. Having said that, if you're buying organic products, you are dramatically going to lower your load because you're not exposed to the metals that are used in pesticides and fertilizers okay. and all of those things. So I would say go organic. And I would also say, uh, again, I can just say what I have done, and that is go uh, plant-based because mm -hmm. the fact is that meat contains much higher levels of these metals for the simple fact that these animals have I, I always already bioaccumulated them for you. So you're actually mm -hmm. eating an animal that has already uptaken all this stuff and concentrated it in their tissue. So of course, you know, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get more of it. So that's what I do. Uh, yeah. That's the only thing that I can say. And everyone has to make their own decisions. But as far as I know, the manufacturers have not made any dietary recommendations themselves on what to eat and what uh, not to eat, but the holistic naturopathic doctors and integrative cardiologists will. They will tell you to change your diet. So mm -hmm. the manufacturers don't necessarily recommend anything, but the doctors that are actually working with you to use that as one of their integrative tools will definitely do that. And so that's the thing. You want to find a physician that takes that holistic Zen-like approach uh, to your body in, in treating this. You don't just pop these pills and everything goes away. You know, that's <laughs> not the way it happens. Yeah, that makes sense. I interviewed a cardiologist on my show that did a lot of research on the detrimental effects of eating processed food on the heart. So he, he found during his research, a lot of inflammation yeah. around the heart yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Pro-inflammatory. The more they're processed, the more pro-inflammatory they are. He's right on, mm. you know, there's no question about that. The more you process these foods, the more you knock out of them, the more your body doesn't really like them. Mm. Uh, and pile that on top of too much sugar, uh, too much corn starch, you know, and uh, we all know the problems. There have been lots of films made about them. We don't have to uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. kiss the earth and uh, fat nation and uh, supersize me and, you know, all those yeah. great films. Kiss the ground, like, I think it was, but very yeah, kiss close. the ground. That, that, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> but a similar concept. Yeah, kiss the ground. And, uh, you know, the biggest little farm or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, but you know something in my book, I, I, I leave that to them. That's mm. not what this book is about. This book is about what happens when diet and exercise alone don't work. Mm -hmm. And the fact is they don't work to get rid of all this stuff. And that's why we have to start looking at these other approaches. Mm. And I feel like it's refreshing because so much of our society and solutions are focused on diet and we think that's it, including me. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that's it's the not solution. A bad thing. It's not a it's, bad thing. You know, it's not a bad thing. I There's mean, just uh, more to the story. That's sure. all. And I mean, yeah. you know, doctors like Caldwell Esselstyn, who's done the fantastic plant-based diet, 
uh, and I follow his di- a lot of his his diet. Mm. Uh, my wife I'll have to look him up. A- yeah. Oh, Esselstyn, definitely. I mean, he's his great books, you know, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. It's really good stuff. No question. So I don't mean to underplay the importance of diet. Mm. What I mean to say mm-hmm. is that those things alone will not fix our defective immune system. Uh, the human defective immune system is that it turns on itself when it's trying to fix you over the long run. And that's why we get a lot of these inflammatory Uh, conditions. So Mm -hmm. that's why the body needs more help than just the diet or the exercise, even though they're really important. Yes. Yes. So why is the therapy more effective in people with diabetes than someone who doesn't have diabetes? Yeah, actually, that is really interesting. The, The story behind that is that Um, when they did the clinical trial with the National Institutes of Health, they had more than 600 diabetic heart patients participating in the trial, which was a big part of the group. And um, they showed a 41% overall reduction in all causes of death over five years. Absolutely remarkable. I always say that drug companies would salivate over that kind of result. And you have to wonder why you haven't heard about it. So... um, this um they started to ask oh you know they were they didn't know they they couldn't figure out why the diabetics were improving so then they started looking into it and they realized that this chelation was probably taking out heavy metals and then they did the research on the heavy metals and they found that one of the major characteristics of heavy metals is it disrupts your glucose mechanism and any diabetic will tell you that ain't good <laughs> that is not good. And oh, so when wow. you remove those metals, you remove the antagonist to what is disrupting that glucose mechanism. And Fascinating. That's, that's amazing. Yes, that's why the diabetic they believe that is okay. why the diabetics are getting better. All they know is that as more and more metals came out of the diabetic patients, they got a whole lot better. They avoided amputations the lesions on their legs healed, et cetera, et cetera. That sounds like a miracle. Well, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's an unsung miracle. Yes. It's an unsung miracle. Can you imagine, uh, Charissa, that uh, across the United States uh, in the six or seven years since that trial, that the clinical trial, since the clinical study um, on peripheral artery disease patients, uh, diabetic patients was done, uh, more than 7 million major vascular surgeries have been done and 1 million amputations of feet, even though this clinical study showed that you can actually prevent it. What is wrong with this picture? Why aren't people hearing? If you had been a drug company doing a small level trial like was done here, and you got those kinds of results, you would be blasting it all over the place and all the media would be covering it because you're buying ads on their networks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And well, guess what? Problem here is this isn't profitable for drug companies. It is a challenge. It's a direct challenge to surgeons who make profits from this and from hospitals who make profits from surgery. So... That's why people haven't heard about it. And by the way, 
I'm not the person who has said that these operations are unnecessary. The New York Times said it. They did mm -hmm. an expose on unnecessary surgeries in peripheral artery disease patients. They didn't talk about the chelation alternative. All they said was that the profit motive is driving unnecessary vascular operations in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So this has got to stop. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And the only way to make it stop is for programs like yours <laughs> uh, to let more people know that these types of results are out there and they're published and they're available and, and people can benefit from them. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. So can you share an example about how other patients improved from the therapies? Well, I have to tell you, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big one, but um, with uh, Nanobac TX, there was a really interesting study that was done on prostate stone patients. Again, you oh. know, a very a, a, a small uh, clinical study, but it was done by Dr. Daniel Shoshkas at Cleveland Clinic uh, mm -hmm. in Florida. And uh, Shoshkas uh, had these patients who they, they couldn't get rid of their prostate stones, no matter what they did, you know. And so he gave them uh, the therapy and the stones shrank or disappeared. <gasps> and and Shoshkas reported this oh. uh, in a, uh, in a, a, a kidney journal. But wow. guess what? No one would finance the follow-up clinical trials because why? Because the therapy is too inexpensive. And so that was 20 years ago. And it's over that, the counter, right? The therapy? No, well, this is, yes, this is over the counter. This is like, yeah. now it's in oral form. Then it included an oral form and a suppository, but uh, Americans aren't too hot on suppositories. <laughs> so uh, they, they changed the formulation. So this was a different, uh, I shouldn't say they changed the formulation. The formulation is the same, but the delivery mode is different. And that's because some brilliant person invented something called enteric coatings that prevent your stomach acids from dissolving uh, the chelating substance before it gets into your blood. And that wasn't available 20 years ago when Shoshkas did his study, but it was shortly thereafter. And that's why the therapy was reformulated. So the enteric coating prevents the stomach acids from destroying uh, the, uh, the, the uh, chemical and it makes its way into the small intestine. And then there goes into the bloodstream and you get therapeutic uh, levels. Mm. Which is, so it's really interesting. It was actually new technology that allowed this oral chelation to happen, which by the way, most health providers aren't up on. They still say today, they quote a 1990 study that mm. says that, that uh, EDTA using, used in chelation is destroyed in the stomach. Therefore, oral chelation doesn't work. End of story. Thank you very much. No, not anymore. <laughs> so you have to watch it. Mm. Why do you say the way we've been taught about our bodies is not the way it truly works? That's a really interesting one. And uh, I know we only have a few minutes left, but all of this hidden stress that we're talking about provokes activity in your body that most people have never heard of. And I just want to start with the big picture. Sure. A lot of this is going on in the biggest space in your body that you've probably never heard of. And that space is called the extracellular matrix, the matrix. <laughs> and it is made up of the space outside your cells and the space between your cells. 
That's what it's made up of. Mm -hmm. It was recently named as the 80th and largest organ in the human body. Oh, and wow. It, I didn't know that. Yes, absolutely. Just a few years ago. And uh, the amazing thing about that is that this organ is all through your body. It's kind of like your skin. It's all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's the spaces in between. I feel like that's very spiritual empty. as well. I feel yes. like this quantum physics is energy. Um, so that's and, what and we exactly kind of talk point. about. Okay. That's exactly the point because the space is not empty. There's mm. a whole lot of energy going on there. There's a whole lot of substances going on there. And a lot of the responses to toxic metals are going on there. Okay. So the other, yes. And the other thing is hold on to your hats. The way that you've been told that your body works. Uh, no, sorry. There's a, there's a major change in the way that we understand how our body works because um, what triggers the inflammation and the calcification and all of the immune responses that try to fix this problem comes from a tiny little blob that is about one one hundredth the size of a cell, and it's called an exosome. And there are trillions with a T of these exosomes running your body's business every moment of the day and preventing and triggering disease and responding to these hidden stresses. How many people have heard about these trillions of exosomes? Hardly anybody, even though thousands and thousands and thousands of academic papers have been published on them. Now, why is that? That's because for many, many years, um, scientists were making a huge mistake that they didn't know about. Uh, they were trying to figure out how all of these great proteins, you know, that go through your body and, uh, you know, mRNA and all that stuff mm -hmm. uh, gives instructions to your cells. And the way that they thought it happened was, you know, the, 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 the cell made them and then push, you know, push them out of the, the cell and they magically swam their way into other cells and other places to deliver mm -hmm. their instructions. Well, when you think about that, let me think now, Hmm. Throwing these the little tiny little proteins into a pretty aggressive environment uh, that they're going to get recognized and whacked by antibodies and everything else. That doesn't sound like a real good plan. And by the way, you know, how do they get there? So what was actually happening was the cells were packaging. Uh, they were programming uh, these vesicles and there are thousands of different types. So they were programming these vesicles with these proteins. They were packing them with them, hundreds of different proteins programmed in a very specific way. And then the, the exosomes were, were getting kicked out of the cell. They were getting you know thrown out. And they, oh, they exploded. They exploded when they left the cell and they released all of these proteins into the extracellular space. So of course, scientists thought, well, that's what's going on. And then the proteins go from there. What they didn't know was there is a little light that they use with their electron microscopes to see all this stuff going on and, and their infrared. The particular wavelength that they use when it changes, the dye that they use to actually mark these exosomes to see what's happening to all the mm -hmm. proteins mm -hmm. explodes the exosomes. And so they explode. 
they explode when they're leaving the cell. And so scientists thought, aha, that's the cell releasing these proteins. No, uh-uh, was uh-uh, no. It was, it was something completely different. What was happening when they didn't have the light turned on is these little programmed exosomes were running through the body because they had antibodies and other proteins on their surface that guided them to other cells specifically. And they were delivering the payload. So they were delivering hundreds of these proteins into other parts of the body. How many people have heard about that? So it's not your cells per se that are doing all of this. Your ah. cells are sending these tiny little exosomes into these spaces that they can't get through and they can't get into also for another reason. The immune system recognizes cells. The ingenious thing about these exosomes is the immune system doesn't recognize them as an enemy because they are, uh, they're very similar to uh, the cell's membrane. They borrow the mm -hmm. cell's membrane when they leave. And so this is, this is an ingenious way that the body works and it is completely changing our understanding of how human biology and plant biology and animal biology work. Because until a few years ago, everyone thought that these these little exosomes were just pieces of cellular garbage that exploded after they left the cell. And that was their job. Well, no, that was our mistake. And it went on for years and years and years. It was only discovered in 2007 by accident. So oh, wow. yeah. And actually I gave a keynote uh, lecture to the International Society for Extracellular Vesicles, which exosomes, that's the formal name for them. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned this study, you know, and I said, isn't it amazing that we've now discovered, uh, this was in 2012, that actually, you know, this uh, this light and this dye, which is called, you know, uh, is kind of like orange dye, uh, that they actually cause these things to explode. And there was this deathly silence in the room. Absolutely. they didn't deathly. want to admit and, that they and, hadn't and heard And people of that looking study. down at their phones all of a sudden, you know, and I'm going, oh my goodness, these people are still doing this. Uh, you know, and so there was kind of like muted, polite response, uh, replies at the end. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, it was a real lesson for me because it, it taught me that they hadn't caught up with their own science. And so now this is readily recognized. And now the full role of these extracellular vesicles as they travel through mm -hmm. the extracellular matrix is celebrated. And guess what? This whole thing has been pioneered by women. It mm. is one of the major areas of medical discovery that women have pioneered, uh, ranging from heart disease to vaccines and back again. So they have actually been really successful at staying under the male radar, uh, you know, uh, because the men were going after all this other stuff. Uh -huh. And the women were looking and saying, hmm, this is really interesting. You know, let's let's do this. This started back in 86 when, oh. when female teams started looking at how to use these things for vaccines because the antibodies against infections are carried in the exosomes. So they, they started using the substances in the exosomes to develop the vaccines. And this was done by teams of women mm. researchers. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, that research that was done, the first research on a vaccine for, it was called bacterial meningitis. It won the World Intellectual Property uh, Organization uh, gold medal. Um, and it uh, was the spawning of a huge 
pharmaceuticals uh, industry uh, based on exosome vaccines. And this was all pioneered uh, by women. So hats off, you know, <laughs> and flew to the men. You missed that one. <laughs> so what were, so what that's were some a, of the vaccines that were developed from that? It, well, the first vaccine, which was, and what's really interesting is it was developed in Cuba. Oh, okay. Why was it developed in Cuba? It was developed in Cuba because at the time- Sounds suspicious. Yeah, sounds Sorry. suspicious. That's right. You know, they couldn't be developed in Cuba. It was communist, <laughs> you know, was blah, 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 right? Uh, so they don't like to hear about it. But in reality, what happened was they had a bacterial meningitis epidemic that was killing oh. thousands and tens of thousands of children. And guess what? There was a boycott on, so they had they had to depend on their own resources. They had some extraordinarily sophisticated um, equipment that they had mm. bought with their last American dollars. I have to say, Castro bought it. It was mm. a smart cookie, you know, mm. and he... A lot of people don't want to hear me say that. But anyways, he bought this stuff and he threw it to his research institute called the Finley Institute. And he said, do something with this. Okay. You know, start a pharma industry. Okay. Biotech, go, you know, and that's what they did. Okay. And so they were able to detect the antibodies to the meningitis bacterium on these tiny little exosomes, which, by mm. the way, are so small. They're one tenth. They're, they're one thousandth the width of a human hair. And they're a hundredth the size of a cell. They're so small, you can't believe it. And to see even then these the, the tiny little antibodies and proteins on the surface, that was totally amazing. And this was in 1986. Oh, wow. So they did all of that. They invented their own technology. They invented okay. their own methodology. And on top of that, Charissa, they invented the way to scale it up because one of the big challenges is from lab, from bench, to the clinic, eh? So you've got to scale it up commercially. They did it themselves. They scaled it up commercially. They did all of the manufacturing and everything else. And it was so remarkable that in the middle, at the height of the Cold War, <laughs> a drug company in the United States got dispensation from the US government to license the meningitis vaccine. And today, Novartis has adapted the vaccine and it is used around the world for different variants of vaccines. And that is why Novartis is wrongly credited with having invented the meningitis vaccine. Oh. It's called the outer membrane vesicle vaccine. That's mm. what it's called, the OMV vaccine. And this is an astonishing story. Now, today, to answer your question, uh, scientists at Harvard University, Dr. Uh, Professor Elena Aikawa, who has one of the biggest and most impressive rooftop labs in all of Harvard. I've seen it. I've done work uh, with Elena. She's on a scientific committee with me. She's unbelievable. She's a great scientist. And uh, she, along with a British scientist, uh, Catherine Shanahan, has pioneered uh, the beginnings of therapies for heart disease based on exosomes. Uh, they call them something else, you know, extracellular vesicles, but they're very similar. Uh, they're all manufactured by cells and they all have these customized protein packages. And one of those customized protein packages actually is creating calcification in the arteries, hardening of the arteries. And what they focus in on is what is in those packages that's creating hardening of the arteries and can we inhibit it? Can we stop it from actually uh, being created? 
And that's what they did. That's what they did. They actually were successful at using two different methods to uh, prevent uh, the chemical that uh, spawns the calcification from actually combining with the enzymes that do that at the site of calcification. And by the way, for people, and this is another myth busting that we're doing today, for people who think that heart disease is all about getting st started with these fat buildups in the blood canal, sorry, in most cases, that is not the case. It starts often in the wall of the artery, and that's where this is going on. These exosomes are part of the immune response to the damage to the wall of your artery. And when you think about it, it makes perfect sense because blood rushing along your arteries and all the stuff that goes through your arteries is constantly inflicting damage on the endothelium, on the wall of the artery. So that's where the trouble starts, the wall of the artery. And more often than not, it will then progress outwards. So it goes from the middle of the wall of the artery outwards. And all of this is driven by these little exosomes. And so Professor Aikawa and Professor Shanahan figured out that that was happening. And they actually were able to inhibit it. And they have licensed this out now to two different drug companies that are in the process of pioneering a therapy for it. Mm. So that's an example of therapies that are being developed using the exosomes that no one has ever heard of. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's amazing. So what does this have to do with metal toxicity and the solutions oh, yeah. that you brought up? It has everything to do with it because what happens is these metals lodge next to um, the elastic fiber in your arteries and degrade it. When they degrade it, the elastic fiber sends out a help signal to be fixed. That help signal goes to immune cells and guess what they do? They release these little exosomes that are full of inflammatory and calcifying proteins. Mm. And that is what travels to the site of the damage to try and get rid of this damage that is being provoked by these heavy metals. Mm. So there is an intricate relationship between the damage that's being caused by the heavy metals and the buildup in your arteries that leads to heart disease that is driven by these tiny little blobs of fat, as they used uh, to call them. Okay, I see. So what is the elastic of life? The elastic of life is a big part of that. The, um, and uh, we just, uh, for those who are listening and not watching, uh, you can do the, uh, the pinch test um, where you mm -hmm. basically grab uh, take between your thumb and your forefinger and you pull up the skin on the back of your hand between your thumb and your forefinger for about two or three seconds and you let it go. Oh, you see what happened in me? It's embarrassing. It's uh, pretty slow going down. And someone younger like you, it snaps back and in a kid, poof, you know, it just disappears entirely real fast. That's because in a young person, the elastin fiber that is in your skin is still flexible. And as you age, it degrades and it is not replaced after the age of 30. Mm. So the degradation of this elastic, which by the way, is also in all of your organs, all of your uh, major arteries, and 
uh, feeds your brain uh, because it's in the arteries that feed uh, the brain with with uh, blood. And by the way, it expands and contracts your lungs. So it basically drives every move you make and every step you take. You know, it's it's that's the elastic of life. So when it works, it keeps you flexible. And that's why everyone does yoga and all that stuff uh, to keep that elastin in shape. But unfortunately, as we age, it inevitably uh, degrades due to these hidden stresses that we have been talking about. And so the result oh, of that- I see. Yes. So the result of that is that the elastin fiber is constantly chipped away at, and then you get the chronic inflammation, then you get the hardening of the arteries, and it goes downhill from there. I see. So that's how you're connecting it back to yes. those therapies- and it helps with the elastin fiber. Well, actually, uh, yeah. uh, the, the major therapy that helps with elastin fiber is one that was developed by the scientists I'm working with at our company, Elastrin Therapeutics, which is completely different from actually the work that Elena Aikawa and uh, Catherine Shanahan have been doing, although uh, we do collaborate with them on, on certain things. But uh, this... Um, uh, these scientists at Clemson University in South Carolina, uh, Dr. Naren uh, Vibhari in particular, uh, discovered a substance, naturally based substance, that kickstarts the assembly process for elastin fiber, uh, which means that when you douse elastin fiber with this substance, which is uh, a, a polyphenol, so it's it's known as pentagalloyl glucose, which I won't repeat, but it's uh, <laughs> the acronym is PGG. Okay. And uh, PGG uh, kickstarts this assembly process, and it has been used successfully now in clinical experiments about 15 years after it was first discovered to do this to um, prevent aneurysms from bursting in uh, patients. Just this year. Um, or it would be actually just last year, 2023, when people are seeing this. So this is an incredible breakthrough because aneurysms, they don't have any therapy for them. And the, the surgery to repair them, anybody with an aneurysm knows, is very dangerous. So imagine if you can do that for aneurysms, what we'll be able to do with the rest of the vascular system, with the lung, with skin, and there are, our company isn't the only one working on this. There are at least two or three other companies. There's one in Australia uh, that is working on wound care uh, that has been bought for a big pile of money by a pharma company uh, who are busy bringing it into the clinic. This is really exciting stuff. And again- That's amazing. Yeah. And is again, this going to be comes... over the counter? No, uh, this okay. is going to be, I think, regrettably, uh, but yeah. at the beginning, it's going to be big bucks. Um uh, simply because, you know, big pharma has their hands on it. Yeah. And uh, so, in, but, but on the other hand, I will add that our company is committed to making this affordable for everyone. If we happen to get bought up by a big pharma company, then we will lose our say in that. But uh, I know that the investors in our company, especially um, uh, uh, Kazoo, a great investment company uh, out of, out of <laughs> Germany. Okay, that. Okay. They, you know, they are committed to bringing this to the general population affordably, and hats off to them for uh, sticking with that. So that's our goal. Okay. Uh, it's not the goal of some other companies. Exciting. 
Uh, yeah. But yeah. And so the race is on. Okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> be we'll looking you know, we'll, that. we'll see uh, what happens. The, the, uh, the aneurysm repair is, is not ours. It's, it's a sister company that's doing it. And I mm -hmm. wish them all the best because they're doing great work and we're more directed towards, um, the overall lung and the overall vascular, uh, system. So we'll see how that pans out in, uh, in a couple of years. Okay. Well, I also have to say uh, <laughs> hats, hats off to Professor Charles Rice, who developed the antibody that directs this therapy successfully and specifically to damaged elastin. Mm. That's what makes the therapy effective throughout the whole system. And Charlie Rice was the one who really figured out how to target only damaged elastin, not healthy elastin. And hats off to him because he worked with Professor Vivahari to put that all together into a really great therapy. Oh, exciting. Well, it's been such a pleasure connecting with you again. And I'll put your website and how to buy your book, Discovering the Nature of Longevity, Restoring the Heart and Body by Targeting Hidden Stress. And I'll put that in the show notes. So thanks for being on my show again today, Douglas. Charissa, it's it's been a blast. Um, I, I I just really love uh, the way that you coddle me, <laughs> you know, with your your questions and sort of steer me along. It's really wonderful. And maybe next time we'll talk about uh, you know our molecular future from twenty years ago and uh, what's happening with all those predictions about how nanotechnology, genetics, robotics, and artificial intelligence are transforming our world. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. Be sure to head on over to zensuccessshow.com to help you on your Zen Success journey. And join us on the next episode. May you find your own Zen Success in life.